Welcome to the Simple As That podcast, the podcast where we mostly talk about video games and more often than that, talk about uh, whatever the hell we want to talk about on a week-to-week basis. I'm your host, Drake Voles, and I'm here each week with uh, Griffin Burke. Say hi, Griffin. Hi, Griffin. And we got a special guest for you this week, uh, coming in with Chris Williams, a good friend of ours from way back. Say hi, Chris. Hey, everyone. Uh, so, yeah, we got a, we got a nice three cast for you this week, which is mm. pretty exciting. I don't know. I'm pretty excited. Uh, yeah, so, some of you might be sitting out there being like, look, I don't even know why I trust Drake and Griffin. Why would I trust this Chris guy to talk to me about video games? And that's a pretty good question. Chris, why do we trust you to talk about video games? Because I'm just going to disagree with everything Drake says. So, you know, if you can't trust Drake and I say he's wrong, it means i got to be right, right? And actually, that makes you right more often he, than most people. He brings people. up a good point. Yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty solid. Uh, all right. So I guess we'll just uh, jump right into it. Griffin, you been playing anything cool this week? Oh, I've been playing a few cool things this week. Yeah? What, uh, what have you been playing? Well, the biggest one, uh, I finally got to sink my teeth into Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, man, the the one with, like, the chick made out of all sorts of different uh, sort of sports items thrown together. Like Oh, yeah. Like, she's got a basketball head and some, like, traffic cones coming no. off of her chest there. Oh, well, Com- I suppose you could look at it that way. A couple of uh, bowling pins coming off the bottom for legs. Mm. Something like that. I mean, she's she's basically, you know legs and and some curves so sure why not <laughs> so, so you know t- t- tell me about that what is that well uh so bayonetta uh and bayonetta 2 uh what's best description for them like arcadey over the top beat 'em up kind of kind of game uh bayonetta 2 Wii U exclusive uh was packaged with both Bayonetta and Bayonetta 2. Uh, over the weekend, I played the original Bayonetta, because I never had before. Wasn't too sold on it, and I was a little skeptical of, like, hmm, I don't know why this got such high scores for Bayonetta 2, if it's going to be the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, which it is, Bayonetta 2 is pretty much, like, carbon copy. It starts right where Bayonetta ended. And I was a little concerned, but it definitely feels better. Um, I may just be making that up, but it feels like things are a little clearer, better explained. Uh, there's more sense of a storyline that I can follow. The first one was kind of all over the place and didn't make any sense. Uh-huh. Chris, have you heard anything about these? Never heard of the game. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, yeah, I thought it was a weird marketing choice from what I've heard. Because, yeah, just like you said, I hear that the second one is the first one, and the first one is 
is the Sega one, and if you were trying to make some unique stamp on the series, they they didn't really do that. But at least you say it feels better. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe it's just me making things up in my head. I mean, sometimes or... you do that. That's definitely I, I do. Yeah. So it's a definite possibility. Uh, but I, it feels like it, it it flows better. The game looks better. Mm-hmm. The environments are a lot more colorful. I feel like more detailed. Well, they, well, they did up the generation. Yeah, I mean that's to be expected. So that's that's a nice update they did there. Th- thank God um, they didn't go back to exactly what they did graphically. <laughs> yeah, no, I was so I didn't I didn't know when it came out. I was actually thought it would be better looking than it was the first one. <laughs> um, I was like, Ooh, this. This looks really gross. Why, why did they put this in my package? <laughs> why is this in here? I don't want to play that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean the second one, I'm I'm not too far in, um, but um, you know, it's definitely got that over the top, really campy, um, you know, what, what over, over the top. I mean that's that's the best way to describe it. Um, so I'm looking forward to jumping back into it. Uh, coming up. All right. Well. That's that's good. Uh, God dang it, I am never going to introduce this podcast correctly. Uh, so it's Wednesday, November 5th when we're recording this podcast, <laughs> and uh, some someday I will remember to put the date at the top of the episode, you know, like I'm freaking supposed to. Uh, that sounds like too much work for yeah. us. <laughs> it'll it'll just slowly creep up the episode until it's at the yeah. beginning, that's what we'll do. Maybe by, maybe by January we'll have... Uh, it all the way up into there. So, uh, yeah, it's the beginning of November. Griffin, you've been playing some Bayonetta. Chris, what have you played this week? I played mostly Lords of the Fallen. Oh, God. Uh, a little Hearthstone. We, yeah, we, we said we weren't going to talk about that one again. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, Griffin, did you play any more of that game? I did. I did play some more of that game. I have not played any more of that game, but I played some Dark Souls, uh, so I'm probably just going to... Mm. You should you should just keep doing that. Yeah, Chris, tell me, tell me, tell me how great Lords of the Fallen is in your opinion. Um, I'd say it's a pretty decent game. It's not as good as Dark Souls Two, obviously. Um, it does have <laughs> some things going for it. It does actually have a storyline as opposed to Dark Souls, which really doesn't. Oh my God. Uh, it's a little easier. Especially if you use a shield. Shields are re- really, really overpowered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a much shorter game. Like, it only takes maybe 10 hours at most to go through the first time if you're taking your time exploring almost everything. It does have a few glitches, a few crashing bugs, it seems. I'll say. Uh, the rolling is much more intuitive than Dark Souls. Uh, that was one of the things that really annoyed me when I first went through Dark Souls 2 is I didn't realize how the rolling worked until pretty far to the game, and I, it really frustrated me because it didn't make any sense, this whole iframes at the very beginning of the rolling. And then Lords of the Fallen, the, the invincibility frames are where you'd expect them to be, right in the middle of the roll. So that was a nice change. And the whole experience thing, where your experience, if you don't level up with it, you get a bun you don't die, you get a bonus experience up to 2.0 multiplier. So that's a really interesting concept that they added to the game. Sounds like the worst concept. It sounds like it would just be the one thing in that game that screws me repeatedly, seeing as how <laughs> right. I treat Dark Souls as a death simulator, right. more if, so if, than a video game. If you're going to die all the time like you do in Dark Souls, then yes, it would be very bad for you, because you'd try to 
keep going, you know, so you get the multiplier and then you just die again and you lose all your souls because you die trying to get them. So it would be a problem for you, but the game is a bit easier, especially if you play the warrior class. It's much, much easier. If you want right, it to be that... harder, you play the rogue. So far, almost everything except for maybe the rolling that you've mentioned as what you're calling positives for this game seem like terrible, terrible drawbacks to me. I would say the fact that there's an actually a storyline and there actually is weapon and gear progression. Are you so you're so you're claiming you're claiming right here outright that there is no storyline in the Dark Souls universe? I would say that I've played through Dark Souls two dozens of times, and I still have no idea what the story is. Now, None at have all. Have you ever have you ever stopped to read a single item description in that game? Uh, reading item descriptions is really boring. Okay, Drake. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think we found uh, the problem here. Okay, so so, so uh, right there, I'm gonna agree with you. If what you want is a story delivered through to you through dialogue, tedious, tedious dialogue that instead of you know digging into and finding some of the mystique out there in the world, you just want to spam A through the cutscenes to make the story go away faster. No, no, it's not like there is a ton of dialogue, but there is actually a story, and it makes sense in Lords of the Fallen. And you're, and you're telling me you didn't just spam through the dialogue? It was you, you, short you enough. It was short enough that I didn't have to the first time I played. I, I, I would disagree. The dialogue was so... Just oh, it was such a boring. It was. I didn't was choose every dialogue option. I'm not gonna lie on that one. I sometimes <laughs> did I, just say. I sometimes went directly to leave rather than actually saying the stuff. But at least it had a storyline, and there were cutscenes to go with it, as opposed to Dark Souls, where, as I said, I still have no idea what the story is. I just know you kill a bunch of bad guys. Oh my god, but that's part of it. That's that yeah. is the story. Just, so just being in this world that is just so much bigger than you are just makes you want to find the story in those games and really explore things and find the reasons for all these bosses. Oh mm-hmm. my god. And that's that's the thing I think um you know, I thought Dark Souls created a really great world and they didn't spoon-feed it to you. Uh, which some people like, some people don't, but there's definitely, if you want to know, you can go out there and find it. Um, Lords of the Fallen, the world, to me, was just boring. It was just, you don't feel like you're part of something bigger, uh, there's no real exploration in what I've seen as far as understanding more or, or whatever, and the dialogue is just so boring, and you play grizzled hard ass number six hundred and forty two thousand. Uh, I mean, you know, you save cleric number two, and you know, hard ass bitch number three thousand is in the story too. So it's just really generic trite characters. I felt like, and if you want a story, great. But I mean, I don't know that that this one was even worth having. So you're saying that they actually just got the Gears of War team to come down and design their characters for them? I mean. Take take a look at that guy. Like he looks, you know, like a gear straight out of Gears of War. If they use swords instead of guns, and oftentimes they did use swords. So, uh, chainsaw guns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, we're, we're the. Ugh. 
Did the boss battles ever get interesting? Because from what I saw, it was just all, like, really tall guys. Kind of like the problem with Dark Souls 2, I thought, was that the they just got really uninventive with their boss battles. Did they ever get anywhere yeah. in Lords of the Fallen? Yeah, they do get... Uh, I mean, I haven't beaten the game, Chris. Maybe you can speak to the end game, but I've seen two, I think, two or three, like, non-humanoid um, there's one crazy spider lady kind of thing, and there's another... Oh, there's, there's a spider lady! That's not <laughs> well, any of the Souls she's, it's, it's not, <laughs> not necessarily like you would spider. Think of Dark Souls. It's a little different. Okay. Um, it's got three legs instead of eight. Um, yeah, uh, and then there's I some, mean, like, hill giant. After oh, playing no. through, I would say, for the most part, they are almost all humanoid. In fact, I think the only one that I would say is not that I can think of is the spider. And that's even that even that's kind of humanoid, but I don't yeah. really know that that's a problem. Um, I mean, sure. I, I guess it just depends on what you're going into this game expecting and wanting. But I mean, it is a full price game that does flaunt itself as a game in that genre, but it just doesn't have any of the story elements. I mean, you say it does have stories compared to Dark Souls. I would well, say I it has it, much it, more story. I would say it doesn't. I would say it has no story. I would say that that story has been written a hundred thousand times by a hundred thousand people, and they just copy and pasted it right. But do on top. you know what the story is? I, I, so, Drake, I so, bet so I would say you guess. don't know what the story is. T- take a guess, Drake, as to what what you're supposed to do in that game. Well, let's see. Um, I start off the game in a monastery as a warrior who's trudged up through the wintry cold to get to this place, and I found that there are demons all around me unleashed from the pits of hell. And so what I have to do is I have to go and systematically fight my way through this hierarchy of demons to get to the big boss demon who's trying to end the world. That's not really right at all, actually. Ah, dang it. (laughs) In fact... What is it? Okay, tell me. Tell me what this great story is. There is a human guy that's trying to destroy evil in mankind, and he's basically doing some really messed up experiments on people. Wait, 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 wait. How how far in the game is this? Uh, It's not really that far. You get get, like little audio notes and everything throughout the story, and you hear people talking. And you figure out that he's doing some crazy experiments, and that's kind of the Rogar, which are the bad people, are invading, I guess, as a response to that. They There was a god in this world that had been kicked out by three heroes, one rogue, one cleric, and one warrior, like years <laughs> before. And he's kind of, he created the Rogar, and they're, kind of, and they're invading because of this human that's trying to destroy all evil. And he doesn't care what kind of evil it is. Like, if someone just steals or someone does basically nothing, they'll do crazy experiments or torture them or throw them in jail forever. I mean, he's he's definitely a bad guy. And the choices that you make um, affect how the ending works. You can choose to... Well, you, you kind of end up killing the human guy anyways because he turns himself into a monster. But you can choose... Spoilers. You can choose to either help the the god get back into the world or you can you know not help him so you do have some options and it is a little different story than you thought it was obviously yeah i guess so but uh you are still just killing the bad guys you're working your way through your hierarchy but that's this <laughs> that's every single game like ever made i mean that's dark yeah. souls as well yeah uh, yeah but 
But there's color in that game. There's color. I thought Dark like, Souls more, 1 more... had very poor colors. Yeah, but it had greens and blues. Uh, this game I've only seen uh, red and uh, black and some more red and I think a gray maybe. I don't know. You're right. I haven't played it. I'll, I'll, gi- I'll give you that right now. But it just seems to me from what I've seen that that game just completely lacks atmosphere. I don't know if I'd go that far. I would still say it's not as good as Dark Souls by any stretch, but it is an entertaining game to play. It is not big enough to justify the price as, as far as I'm concerned, though. Mm-hmm. It should be about half the price that it is, and then I would say it's a good deal, especially if they fix the, the crashing bugs. I didn't even know that the bugs were making a crash. I knew that it was dropping frames like crazy. It drops frames oh, if you alt-tab out. Um, it just drops frames until you close the game. But there are certain enemies that... There's some like dog guys that have fire, like an AoE fire or an AoE poison. When they die, they, they do this AoE thing. And I've frequently had it crash me if I'm getting hit by that. Wow, that's stupid. I've only ever crashed coming out of the menu. Uh, so it, it makes me terrified to use the inventory <laughs> screen. I have uh, not had that problem. What I've heard is that, and I think both of you are playing this on PC, right? Yes. Yeah. If you play it on the PS4 or the X-Bone, that it is just like a, an atrocity against mankind. <laughs> I believe it. Like, there's nothing you can do while playing it to get above, like, 25 frames. Oh, uh, that's... <laughs> that's disappointing. I mean, that's really disappointing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just hearing stuff and blowing it out of proportion. But that, but, but that's what I've heard, and I believe it based on what you're telling me about the PC version when this was built from the ground up for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah. Okay. So. I guess I'm not going to be convinced, but at least there's people out there who find this game interesting. The gameplay is is fun, and I mean, the graphics yeah, are definitely souls, right? it's, it's it's hit it's, or miss. Uh, it is there's souls with a few twists. The, the shields work a bit differently, but I don't really use that. The magic is not very impressive, to be honest. It's not very interesting. I don't use it. The magic much. is. At all? Oh man, it's not impressive, but it makes the game like a snore fest. You pick the cleric spells, you can just breeze through that game, no problem. You can do... I, I didn't actually try using the warrior spells much at all, because I thought they were stupid. Um, <laughs> the rogue ones, the only one I really used, there was a stab one that you can use to kill guys with shields, but it's it doesn't hit very often, because it just got, the guy runs out, and he hits... He stops, and he just hits whoever's close there. But if the enemy is moving towards you or away from you, that he just misses. Um, yeah. There is a stealth one that allows you to get backstabs easier, which is moderately useful late game, very late game. But most of the time, it's, as I said, not quite as hard. So once you get to a certain gear level, which happens pretty quickly, you just run around and killing things pretty fast. You don't really need to use the spells. Mm -hmm. And they're not that useful against bosses anyways. So the normal guys are not usually much of a problem. It's the bosses that are a little harder, I guess. Now, uh, I know that the potions kind of work like Estus flasks from Souls, uh, but I heard that there was a like you could actually recharge the potions without respawning enemies. Is that a thing? 
Yes, if you use what is it, the equivalent of the bonfire in Dark Souls One, it's the place that you level up at. You can't teleport to it from or to mm-hmm. them like in Dark Souls Two. But that allows you to somewhat refill the potions. It doesn't give you a full refill. I don't know exactly how it works, so sometimes it doesn't give you many it's, at all. It's three at a time. Um, there's little shards that fly around it and it shows you how many potions you get. But you don't respawn monsters that way. Um, the only way I've seen monsters respawn is when you have to basically reload a zone. If you, so yeah, if you go anywhere else or, or, or die, it will respawn the monsters. And there's little teleport or, things inside the I th- zones. I think... Yeah, I think if you like, I, like actually upgrade your stats at those crystals, that it also respawns the monsters. No, it doesn't. Are you sure? No. Yes, I okay. am sure. Oh, well, yeah, I just I don't know anything. But you wouldn't have to worry about that since you'd be dying the whole time. They'd, they'd be pretty much there all the time. <laughs> yeah, all the monsters, uh, all the monsters never leave. That seems about like the game I'd be playing. Infinite XP, don't worry. Oh my god, I want to play some Dark Souls, but my freaking Xbox controller is just being a freaking jerk. Mm. I just want to, I just want to play it. I just want to play the game. After listening to both of you guys talk about this game, that say what you will about it, makes me just want to play the first Dark Souls game again and get ready for uh, Bloodborne. Yep. Because I feel like that's the Dark Souls 2 that I was actually waiting on. I don't... Honestly, if they just give you, like, a death screen, just a, a permanent death screen, it'd be the same thing for you. I don't really know why you even care about the graphics. All you Just take a screenshot all you need, of the, the death screen. All, my, all you uh, need is the you have died graphics. That's, that's really all you need. God damn it. Uh, yeah. All right. That's pretty close. Oh, my God. Well, uh, so, yeah, I have been so busy this week that I have barely been able to play games at all. I, uh, that's, that's too bad. But but go figure, uh, whenever you start doing a games podcast, the act of putting podcasts together and making all the stupid little sound clips and trying to get them on reputable sources like iTunes... That ends up taking all the time that you used to spend playing video games. We should just get some royalty-free sound effects, I think, and just stick them in wherever we need. No, man. No, man. It's not worth it. <laughs> I, got, I got this. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll get this figured out. Everything is going to be the best, and I'll find time to play games on top of it. If you could Excellent. just get, like, a death sound from Dark Souls <laughs> and just play it in the background, you could actually... It'd be the same as playing Dark Souls while you're doing the podcast. Oh my god, why did I invite you on here? <laughs> it's, it's because I love you. Um, Alright, uh, so yeah, basically all I did this week, uh, I played like the smallest amount of Hearthstone and then lost at that. I Basically, I just watched the, the death screen on Hearthstone. Oh, uh, was, that's... That's terrible. Then, How do you die to cards? And then, I, and then I, and then I reconfirmed the notion that already is well established in this world that board games actually do a far better interpretations of movies and television shows than video games do. Because mm-hmm. anytime you hear about a video game that's made after a movie or television show, all you can think of is, God, that's probably going to be the worst thing I've ever seen. But board games, not so much. Played the Battlestar Galactica tabletop game. That game is sweet. Oh, that game was good. That game I played is, that game. Oh my god, everyone's a Cylon, man. Everyone's a Cylon. Everyone everyone needs to make really terrible puns about toasters. <laughs> Fracking uh, toasters! I played that game with some friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy, whether he's a Cylon or not, will always say things like, Man, 
It's getting a little toasty in here. <laughs> kind of warm. You're kind of looking like a toaster to me. Hmm. Anyone, uh, anyone want some breakfast food? I could give her some toast right now. So you're playing with, what, Brady? Oh, yeah, that's, that's Brady. <laughs> uh, and then I also played the Game of Thrones tabletop game, which is super cool. It's like uh, some sort of hybrid of Sellers of Catan and Risk and Game of Thrones, and it's pretty fun. Uh, but, yeah, those are those are good games. Uh, so, let's see. One more thing you were playing this week uh, that I saw and became insanely jealous of was mm-hmm. Heroes of the Storm. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? How do you feel about that? Um, I I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah? So, so uh, we talk about League of Legends. Mm-hmm. Played a lot of League of Legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game is not League of Legends. Mm-mm. Uh, the biggest difference, of course, uh, team levels, uh, and no items, which is a little frustrating, but, uh, but it- I mean, it's got some, it's got some good points for it. It's definitely one of those games that it's like, hey, I just want to mess around with a couple friends, jump on this. But, um, but instead of items, they have, like, skill trees. Yeah, so every, so many levels, uh, one, four, seven, ten, you get to pick a talent, is what they call it. Okay. And talents will do things like affect your skills or add a new ability, um, you know, uh, so I was playing uh, Arthas, um, you know, the, the Lich King, uh, he's got Death Coil, your standard Death Coil from Warcraft 3, he's got a root ability and he's got like an AoE, slowy kind of thing. Uh, one of the things is like, you know, your AoE has a has a bigger range, or you can make your death coil uh, heal you when it damages enemies. Um, those kinds of things. And then you also get to pick between two ultimate abilities at level 10. Uh, it kind of allows you to, to customize how you want it to play. So if you want to make your your melee warrior more of a tank, you can do that. Or you want to make them more of a like CC bot or something like that, you can. Um which can kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, so you're playing uh, the same hero, but you might change your playstyle a little bit between games, which is fun. But uh, sometimes it feels like there's not a lot you can do to, to turn a game around. Like you can't, you you definitely can't carry a match, um, like you could in League of Legends if you got fed or something. I don't think because... they even keep track of like how many kills you got and stuff. So it's they're, they're trying to like actually dampen down the glory hug portion of MOBAs. Yeah, definitely. So they have a takedowns, I think I think it's called, you know, it's kills and assists basically in one column. And you will get noticed, you know, or notified just to yourself, you know, killing blow on a hero. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that a few times when playing an assassin champion, which is kind of neat, but it's, you know, when you're in the midst of battle, it's like, I don't, you know, you don't even notice that that happens. So... It's it's definitely I don't I don't know that it's gonna be a competitive game. I don't know that they'll have tournaments of it. I'm sure Blizzard will do some tournaments and hype it up when it's released and whatnot, but but I don't see the community moving away from uh League of Legends or Dota or something like that for this. I think they're actually having an exhibition uh kind of thing at BlizzCon. Mm-hmm. Which would be interesting. I mean, it's definitely you know, it it's not a bad game, it's fun. I I think it's come a long way from the start of the alpha. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not a fan of it then. A little more satisfied with it now. Um, definitely, you know, like like most games, you know, most mobas, it'll it's a lot more fun with uh, people you know playing with you. Oh well, then great. It's good to know that you finally have another person to play with. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know how it is after I try it out, Drake. God, I hate, I hate 
hate both of you so much. Don't worry, my download just finished, so oh, I'll man. let you know, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll get you in there, Drake. Don't worry, I'm, I'm working real hard to get you in there. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, that that's been my super fun week. Pa, 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 pa. Anyway, uh, so let's go on and talk a little bit about that other game that is not Heroes of the Storm, League of Legends. Dawn Gate. Oh, I played that game before. Oh. You played League of Legends, Chris Williams? I've played that game before a couple times. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't sound like you. Not at all. So so Chris Williams, you 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 are also uh a an incredibly skilled plat level player <laughs> in League of Legends, right? I guess you could say that. Uh so I want I want your theory on picking champions for the support role. Why pick the champions you pick, and what do they offer to the team from the support role? Well, uh, the way I think of League of Legends is all about killing the other champions. It's not about killing nexuses or towers or anything like that. It's about killing champions. And as a support, I'm supposed to kill as many champions as possible. <laughs> and if I supporting and if I can prevent that. Drake getting kills in the process, it's even better. So I pick support champions that can do the most damage because at the end of the game, when you look at this this stat screen, the person with the most damage is obviously the one who won the game, as far as I can tell. <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's how supports work. You kill as many so. champions as possible. It's kind of like you get to hang out in the bottom lane with your friend. But you don't have to waste time getting CS. You can just attack the other champions the whole time. So it's it's even better. So do you ever bother putting out wards or anything? Yeah, I mean sometimes you you can uh you know, you got to spend that money on your your damage items. So it's it's hard to sometimes afford them. <laughs> so you're saying you rely on your AD carries to put out just about as many wards as you do. Uh they got a trinket for a reason, right? I I completely agree. And I feel like I feel like too many people have this whole supports do support things roll far, far, far too ingrained in their head just from watching uh, the pro players play LCS, you know? And and at that level, that works. But in solo queue, you really have to look out for number one, and you have to make sure that you are contributing as much towards removing the enemy team from the field as possible from any given role. Right. I mean, yeah. part of the difference between the pros and, say, the baddies at, you know, platinum level or wherever you are, is the pros position themselves a bit differently. So they can't fight as much. It's not as safe. You can't take advantage of mismatches as easily. Um, the jungle ganks are a lot more coordinated. So you can't get away with a lot of stuff that you can in solo queue. As solo queue, you have the option to be a lot more impactful as a support than you would sometimes see in the professional games. Because the professional games, you know, they, they're more about the vision. That's their thing. They set up the vision so the teams can win the fight. And they also, you know, help protect your, you know, their AD carry or whoever when they, when they have the chance. But a lot of it's just vision control. In solo queue games, you have the chance to get vision control and dominate a lane. And I, and I think just playing a support and not being aggressive, a lot of people, you know, they sit back and they, they don't give, they don't put the pressure so that ADC can't farm or do what he wants to do. 
because the support is really a non-factor a lot of the time. So, with all that in mind, with with the fact that the supports need to be putting out as much damage as, or more than their mid lane counterparts, <laughs> they need to be just poking down. They need to be constantly being aggressive. They need to be providing space for their AD carry to actually pick up some CS, as opposed to just sitting next to them in a bush and kind of letting them CS while the enemy team is poking them down. With all that in mind. What are your top three support picks for solo queue this season? Oh, I've had a lot of fun with Velkas as a support. Uh, mm-hmm. He has such good range and such good poke. And he's and he's a natural uh, Oracle's Elixir <laughs> since they've removed that from the game, so he automatically counters all stealth right, changes. He has, right, he has a giant eyeball, so he can see everything. Uh, and he's got a laser beam, which is really fun. And, mm-hmm. and one of the biggest... Uh, the biggest reason to pick a champion in solo queue is to have fun, and a fun that, a fun skill like a laser beam is pretty much pretty much all you need, right? That, that's what that's, and I think yes, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. I feel like the most important thing you can do in solo queue is have fun during the games because if you're in a good mood and you're having fun, you're inherently playing better than anyone who's stressed out about the outcome of a game. <laughs> Unless you're having fun because you's doing so bad, I mean, yeah, there's well, been a few do. times when I've seen Blitzcrank go a, a little crazy. And <laughs> <laughs> it's fun for me, even though we're not winning. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so two more, two more. We got Valkaz. What else you got? Uh, let's see. I like Annie a lot. Mm-hmm. Annie just blows people up, and it's hilarious. Dude, flash bears. Oh, uh, and the third one. I would say Lux, but she's been hit or miss for me. <laughs> uh, Zerath has been a lot of fun in the same respect that uh, Velkaz is. He's got that long-range poke. His, uh, his ultimate's a little less fun. Yeah, I've noticed that it's less fun for you. <laughs> you need a, you need a manlier lineup. I think you need to go like Pantheon, Jarvan, Gangplank as your top three supports. Um. I think that would really... Really turn some heads. I think Jarvan would be a lot of fun. Gangplank. Uh, I mean, this season, more than any season in the past, we've run into full AD teams. And actually, I, I have noticed and taken very close note several times of Chris Williams being the only AP champion on the team from the support role and completely mm-hmm. saving the game because of the ridiculous amount of magic damage he's putting <laughs> out when they just stack armor thinking that they don't need to worry about that AP support. Yeah, a lot, I believe a lot of people don't worry about the supports. They don't they don't think it's a factor, but you know, with the the way the supports work right now, you can get just as big as a, a mid laner by the time you get to the late game. So you can put out almost the same damage except you have one item that's a that's a sight stone and uh, so you have a little bit less damage, but for the most part, you can still do all the damage you need to do. I guess my third would actually have to be Janna. Um, she doesn't really do the damage, but against certain team comps, she really can win the game almost single-handedly. Yeah. She really keeps those all-in comps from diving under your tower when you have that Shaco player on your team who just refuses to ever be with your team. That, that's right. I mean, you got to have some way to uh, keep them from killing everybody, and Janna is very good at that. She doesn't do it, put up your the damage, lineup. though. Your lineup needs more karma. More, more karma. I've not figured out how karma works all that well, other than doing really good poke early on and falling off a lot from what I've seen. 
Oh, then you're doing it right. Okay. So that's, <laughs> so, th- so that's really the problem. I don't know that she even does more in terms of poke than, say, a Velkaz or a Zerath who have really long-range poke. That's very, yeah, very spammable. She's, she's a lot more durable than, than some of those. She probably yeah. is, but, I mean, they've got so much range. I mean, if, if you've already done all the damage to kill the people, yeah, what do you I mean, need to be durable for? If they're not in the lane, they're they're back at the fountain, you know, respawning. When your dumbass Ash uh, AD carry gets himself killed by the jungle and you got to run away. You know, a- yeah. Ash is a support champion. Yeah, she, she's there. She's there to stop the jungler from killing you. Right. So if she dies, she's done her job. And if you don't get away, then you didn't take advantage of her doing her <laughs> job. My mistake. I'm playing a different game than you guys. And, I mean, and, and that's and that's why you're a gold player. That's, oh man, you had to go there, didn't you? You had to go there. All right. Well, that has been our uh, that has been our league talk for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hit us up with an email at simple as that podcast at gmail.com if you have any league questions for us next week. Um, we're gonna move on to our next section which is news and anticipated games. Uh, we don't really pick up a whole lot of news here, so most of this is just anticipated games. But we had a little news last week, didn't we? Yeah? Yeah, we did. I'm trying to do news things. Does it sound like news things? No, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like news things. Try again. Uh, I'm Wolf Blitzer here with the Observation Room. We're going to light up the Empire State Building with different colors depending on who gets a... Li- no, okay, never mind. That was, that was pretty close. That sounded the most newsy of anything I've heard. Yeah. Uh, so Super Smash Bros. Uh, Super Smash Brothers on the Wii U is is gonna be coming out on November twenty first with uh, those weird ass amiibo things. Amiibo. It's the the Skylanders of Nintendo. Yeah. So apparently they're adding action figures in real life to Super Smash Brothers, and you can put basically they're adding memory cards back into the systems look i mean i i saw them they looked like neat little functionality things but i need them and i need all of them and i cannot explain why i i want to buy them can they also are they also kind of like tamagotchis cuz that would make them fun like uh can, i don't can, i don't really know can they die because i don't i, I don't think so I but you, i mean I they want, level up. I want, I want my Mario to die. I mean, you just got to get that Pikachu Tamagotchi thing. I want to forget to feed him. Yeah. And he'll just uh, be like, oh, I want to meet the ball. And then I'll be like, no meatballs for you, Mario. And he's like, boop, 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 boop. is he Pac-Man? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, Pac-Man's in the in the game, too, so I'm sure there's going to be a Pac-Man amiibo. Oh, man. Wait, is it flat? It better be flat. If it's a ball, I'm pissed. Oh, the, no, it's he's a ball in the game. <laughs> uh, so you know that looks all right. Apparently, it's up to eight players. Oh yeah, that was awesome, man! Did you see the the big uh, what is it? Nintendo Direct they had for the the Wii U Smash Brothers. No, tell me about it. It well, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things they went through. The game looks phenomenal. They had a lot of really cool things, but they just kept going on. It's like, no, you can battle four players, or you can battle five players, or you can battle six players. It's like, oh, this is incredible, six players. And then they went on a little bit longer, and it's like, and you can battle eight players. And my mind just exploded. <laughs> like I couldn't handle it. The number of players in the Smash game was literally two of any other Smash game. Yeah. Yeah, they they so. they went there. So, so so we'll see if that's any good or not. It seems interesting. 
it it looks crazy and hectic, and I can't wait to just die. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there that I don't have anywhere near seven friends. Oh no, God no! I have uh three, and two of them are in this call. So <laughs> so so I'm pretty sure I'm never going to be able to see what that's like, but <laughs> but it sounds nifty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can dream. I can dream. Apparently, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare recently out. Uh, that's so advanced. Well, honestly, that game looks like the most interesting Call of Duty game I've seen in a long time. Uh, it's because it's advanced. Basically, uh, they took what was good about Titanfall and then removed what was bad about Titanfall. Mm. And then we're like, ah, look, it's what Titanfall should have been. Da, 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 da. Basically, and what, and what I mean by that is they, they took all the mobility from Titanfall. Uh, mm-hmm. But then they designed the maps mm-hmm. to fit around human-sized characters instead of human-sized characters that are running alongside Gundams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turns out that creating environments for the fun part of the game makes the game more fun. Mm-hmm. Mind-blowing. Does, doesn't make any sense. Next, I don't understand. Next level game design coming out of Activision on this one. That's who does Call of Duty, right? Activision? I they don't know. publish it. Yeah. Who was it Treyarch that made this one? No, 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 no. Sledgehammer. 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 Mm-hmm. This is their first one. This is I think the first thing they've actually done since Dead Space. Alright, good job guys. I'm proud of you for making a game. <laughs> uh and and, and a, what looks like a pretty good one. Um it looks like the multiplayer has a lot of mobility and is super mm-hmm. fast and fun. I don't know how they're going to follow that up next year with another modern warfare and have all of the combat and the multiplayer <laughs> slowed back down. I don't think they can go back from this. So they're going to have to go extra advanced warfare. I, yeah, I think they made a mistake, but also made a more fun game. So we'll see. Uh, also, the Binding of Isaac Rebirth just came out. And that's... I mean, if you like the Binding of Isaac, this is more of that. So mm-hmm. they had bigger rooms... Different weapon combinations of spit and weird tumors coming out of your head. I don't know. It looks interesting. I was Is never... this a game or a nightmare? Because it sounds like a nightmare. I mean, yes. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's about that's about all the interesting things I've seen on the horizon. Yep. Um, I just saw announced today uh, Majora's Mask on the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is pretty cool. I guess Nintendo decided they still have back catalog they can release in the meantime of another Zelda game. Super. What did I want to do except for run away from a stupid moon on a stupid timer? <laughs> I mean, you know, they had Ocarina on time on the 3DS, so why not just go whole hog with the N64 and put it all on the 3DS? Do you have to buy the expansion pack for your No, no, <laughs> I, think that, slot on your I think that comes 3DS? standard. Oh, okay. No, we're not talking about Donkey Kong Country here. Okay. Um, so that, I mean, you know, if you're a Zelda fan, like Majora's Mask, got a 3DS, and want to play it again, you know, there you go. Um, next week, uh, November 13th, uh, I lose my life again to World of Warcraft. Uh, Warlords of Draenor coming out. Well, um, if we can, if we can pull you out of there for an hour, maybe we'll talk about that. I mean, you're gonna have to get me as I'm killing boars in Elwyn Forest, so... <laughs> You know, maybe um, maybe we'll be able to get you while you're doing that. Yeah. Uh, and 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 maybe we'll talk about some other MMOs that are that have come out recently or this year while we're talking about that. But 
just because I don't know anything about that. All right, but I'm going to be killing boars. Yeah, we'll talk about you killing your boars, and then we'll talk yeah. about some other stuff. <laughs> but no, I'll be killing orcs uh, in that game. So You thinking about playing that, Chris? I know you used to play a lot of that game. I played World of Warcraft back in the Burning Crusade, and I did not really care for it after they uh, started making the classes all the same. They sort of taken away what's unique about the classes to balance it because everybody's whining about the PvP. <laughs> and uh, I didn't really care for that. I, I, I like the classes being unique, and I don't really like the whole 30-minute arena games. And I, I'm all about oh. the, the PvP aspects. And uh, mm-hmm. as far as I know, I haven't really looked into Warlords of Draenor at all. It just seems like it's probably going to be the same thing with the classes all being very similar now well well today must be today must be christmas because for once you and i at least mildly agree on a topic and that is i got bored of world of warcraft after i got to level 20 you didn't actually make it to the real game though the the world of warcraft or the mmos are really all about the end game the end game rating the end game pvp you know playing with the with the team and uh and everybody having let's be fair Let's let's just be fair here. Drake, the death screen, you get kicked out to a different one after six minutes. So Yeah, and that and that's just not for me. Let and let's also be fair, my team left me at level twenty. They just they just uh, left me behind crying crying all by myself in the middle of a field, just surrounded by quests that are way too far away for me to worry about walking to. So I, instead I spent I the next three hours of my night trying to jump up the side of a mountain. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Uh, anything you're looking forward to, Chris? I don't really follow this stuff. I just wait till it comes out, and if it gets good reviews, then I'll try it. <laughs> All right, sounds good to me, man. All right, well, let's. Uh, what do you guys say we move on to uh, this this new section? I've kind of thought of where we use uh, our computers that are plugged into the walls, mm. and then we take that and we receive mail. Mm. Like, but electronically. Mm. Sounds like it's gonna hurt. Oh yeah, it's definitely gonna hurt. Oh jeez. All right, so uh, listener email. Send your emails to simpleasthatpodcast at gmail dot com or tweet us at simpleasthatpod. I was informed by a loyal <laughs> listener last week that I don't know what tweet is because I was reading off how to Twitter us in a very, very <laughs> wrong way. Uh, and, and I just didn't know. I didn't know. I'd never set up a Twitter account. Uh, so at simple as that pod is how you, is how you get at us on the little birdie network uh, or send your emails to simple as that podcast at gmail.com. Be gentle. Uh, uh, try to keep your emails at least reasonably short. We'll read pretty much whatever you send to us. I don't know. Um... This first one is from someone who clearly knows us and is trying to goad us into answering something specific, but uh, Niles B. asks, What experience do you have in game design? Uh, well, I've been involved personally in a couple of uh, indie game projects. Uh, Platformer from Hell ended up getting published to the Xbox Live Indie Arcade, and I think at this point we've sold about... 1200 copies all right so i'm basically famous <laughs> basically uh have you guys ever worked on anything nope yeah uh hold on hold on to your pants there drake i'm about to blow you out of the water i'm holding on 
when I was in in elementary school, mm-hmm. I had a copy of RPG Maker. All right, I'm ready. And I made the most bombing ass RPG you have ever played, yeah. in which you recruit oh, a yeah. chocolate salesman who dies of a heart attack <gasps> two steps into your journey. No! But wait, there's more. Okay. Literally, everyone dies of a heart attack, and your final boss is your mom, who transforms into your dad, who then dies of a heart attack. Man, uh, I'm I'm a spoil the ending here, but it's an ending worth spoiling. As you're walking away from the victory screen. The narrator dies of a heart attack. You must have uh, had some serious experiences with heart attacks at a young age. Yeah, dude, you were fucked up. Let me tell you, I played it at least three times. Oh, no. Oh, no. Mainly uh, because it was a five-minute adventure. Oh, man, dude, I made I made a bomb-ass RPG on that, on that thing. Uh, have you ever heard the song Tweeter and the Monkey Man? No, but I feel like I need to. Yeah, just go ahead and just go ahead and pull that up on the goggles. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, pause it, go to goggle, pull up Twitter and the Monkey Man, listen to that song, and then come back, and I'll tell you about the game. All right, you heard the story that was presented in the song after we did that. Yeah, that was the game. Yeah. Oh man, I just I just made the story in that song into a game, and it was hilarious because that song is pretty sweet. That story of the song that I just listened to. Yeah, make a great game. Yeah, Chris, you like that song, right? I've heard better. What, Chris? What, <laughs> Chris? What would you say your favorite song this month is? This month. Oh man, Chris. Chris is really big into music. So oh, I'm asking him about this. <laughs> that Yvonne's polka one. That oh, was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> so, 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 tell me, what, what, what is this? Uh, it's just a song I heard on the, the Twitch stream the other day, and it's uh, I think it's called Yvonne's polka. I-E-V-A-N. Ivan's Polka? Ivan's Polka, okay. And it's uh, it's quite funny. Alright, so if you haven't heard of Ivan's Polka, pod this, this podcast again, go over to Goggle, type in Ivan's Polka, listen to that, you, watch the You have to watch the video. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah, you have to watch it. Look, Watch watch that man's face, and, and then all those lovely women's face as they, as they, as they Polka. <laughs> and then come back. Alright, are y'all back? Now we're all just in the best mood and we're ready to finish this podcast off strong with a couple <laughs> more emails. All uh, right. What we got next? Nathan F. You might, uh, you might remember we got a podcast. or uh, Not a podcast. An email. We got an email from Nathan last week and we made it the entire league section. Uh, uh, unfortunately, he, we're yeah. kind of assholes and we might have poked a little bit too much fun at Nathan's grammar and we feel kind of bad because the way he emailed us back this week uh, suggests that that is what we did. All right, Nathan F., uh, since my English was too advanced last time, dot, 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 me want pick counter. Am me smart for pick counter? First pick mid bad? Am Heimer too easy to counter? So my translation of of that email is, uh, is counter picking smart? Uh, should, Generally. It, it is, uh... <laughs> Is is it bad for me to first pick a mid lane champion? No, it's not necessarily bad. It's just you need to pick someone that doesn't get really hard countered, or you have to be at least a much better player. And then is Heimerdinger too easy to counter? I actually do not think Heimerdinger is all that easy to counter at all, because he falls into that category of champions people never, ever, ever see, and therefore have no idea how to play against. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I would agree. I don't I don't know how to personally play against Heimerdinger. 
I, I play something with oh, really, I, really long. I play Andy and just, just hell away. I play Andy and just kill him instantly. That's pretty much what I get. I know for. how to play against Heimer. You go into a different lane. <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of leave that lane alone. His, his turrets can't hurt you then. Oh, man. I don't know if you... It's not necessarily the easiest to carry a game with Heimer, though. If, if what you're trying to do is rank up in solo cube, you might want to pick somebody that's easier to carry team fights or just dominate a lane. Yeah, the problem might be that your team also doesn't know how to play with Heimer, just like the enemy team, and while you can spend your time typing and explaining that to them, then you just missed out on 20 CS and now are behind. It's also just easier to, to cap block rage and do a lot of pings, so uh, you know that might not be the best option, though, in this scenario, so your pick. Uh, Alright. Uh, next email. Uh, Jake S. Oh, Jake. Such such harsh language. Such. Sup, sluts. Oh. <laughs> Anyone who knows Drake knows that his favorite Final Fantasy game is 7. Yep. What makes it better than any other game in the series for you? Do you think it's still the best if you include non-main series titles? i.e. Crystal Chronicles or Tactics? How does Griffin feel about all of this nonsense? Also, how do you feel about Final Fantasy XV so far? Sincerely, a fanboy. P.S. Your faces don't sound dumb. I love you. Wow, that was a roller coaster of emotion for me. <laughs> yeah, ups and downs. Uh, yeah, Final Fantasy VII is, of course, my favorite. Uh, it was the first I played, so I, you can't beat nostalgia, and I spent hundreds of hours just diving into that game. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I, I understand the criticisms of people who are like, uh, I played that game as far as the snowboard minigame, and then I'm like, what is this bogus crap? And dipped. I get that. I do. But Final Fantasy VII is always great and will always have a place in my heart. Um, what, what makes it so good, though? <laughs> nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it also had a pretty rad story i wasn't mm -hmm. i hadn't experienced anything like that in a video game to that point in my life like the closest mm -hmm. thing was zelda and it wasn't it wasn't that yeah um yeah it, it had a very dark story um which my little adolescent self got way into and then played jimmy buffett and <laughs> listened <laughs> and just played that game for for way too many hours. I was just like both I was both dark and light, man. I'm like, man, I can't That that's a really strange dichotomy yeah, right you, there. You gotta you gotta balance out your life. You gotta get, you know, boat drinks and volcanoes and then also, you know, man, inner turmoil and angst. And erupting volcanoes uh, let's, of let's emotion. Put, let's put it this way. Uh Final Fantasy Seven was to me what Harry Potter was with all of that young boy angst to <laughs> many, many, many adolescents growing up. Um, let's see. Uh, do I think it's the best if I include non-main series? It might not be the best. I don't know. Um, probably not, but but yes, to me, it still is. If I include the non-main series titles, Tactics was great. Uh, Crystal Chronicles had the single most fun mechanic in uh, a final or wait, any, wait. A Final Fantasy game. Hold on, before. don't tell me. Was are you referring to carrying the chalice away from everyone else and having them chase you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the mechanic that only you would love. <laughs> it's because it's the best. Why wouldn't I love the best mechanic? Griffin, how do you feel about this nonsense? Uh, I feel like it's it's nonsense. Um, 
I so the first I've actually uh, never played Final Fantasy VII. Um, I've played uh, was it Crisis Core? Okay. On the on the Vita, which, which plays is, nothing like it, but it's fun. Yeah, no, it's fun. Um, the first Final Fantasy game I played was Nine, mm, which, uh, as far as I understand, is an excellent Final Fantasy game to play. Oh yeah. Um, I also played uh, most of Ten, and that was it. With like the, I, the most awkward yeah. laugh scene in a video game. Oh god, yeah, yeah, that was that was painful. Oh man, um, I love just going back and watching that sometimes. I'm having <laughs> a bad day. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just pull that up and. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, but I got most of my JRPG fixes from like uh, Dragon Dragon Quest oh, yeah. and uh, Tales of Symphonia. I thought you were gonna say Dragon Warrior, but Dragon Quest is okay. I also played Dragon Warrior. Yeah, there it is. Tales yeah. of Symphonia was good. Uh, oh, I love that. Love that game. Yeah. Um, it's kind of Star Oceany. Yeah, yeah, it was good. But uh, no, I I've only ever really played uh, nine and ten and then fourteen for my Final Fantasy. Oh man. So so have you been have you been keeping up on Final Fantasy 15 so far? Asks Jake. Uh aka mean, NSYNC and the other boy band. Yeah, NSYNC tours the country in a nice car. Um, tours the country fighting dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm totally into that. I I haven't, you know, been keeping my ear to the ground, but what I've seen of it, it looks nice. It's it's a beautiful looking game. Um, what I expect from from Final Fantasy games. Um, uh, I mean, the gameplay. I'm trying to get a beat on it. I, from what I've seen, I haven't been able to really peg it down as to how it plays. But it's definitely not. Uh, it's, it's you know more the real time stuff than the turn based, uh, which can be good or bad. Um, yeah. I'll have to you know wait to see how it develops more. But uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of excited for it. So we'll we'll see how it uh, how it pans out. Yep, gotta get a PS4. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you guys say? One more email. We could do one more. I got time for one more. Okay, we'll do one more. This is oh boy. This is from an outraged listener. Uh oh, we already have outraged listeners. Yes, that means that we're doing it right. Yes. Oh, and this guy starts it off just as strong as Jake. So thanks, outraged listener. Dear nerds, Ooh. two things. Uh, number one, I hear you're into dongs, or at least pictures of them. Is this true? Uh, well, uh, outraged listener, I assume that you are outraged because you listened to our previous podcast and know that if you ever have any pictures of dongs that you just need to get off of your phone, that you can send them to simple as that podcast at gmail.com <laughs> and I will, and I will filter them appropriately. Uh, I'm a little concerned that there was no picture of a dong to go along with this email, so I'm not sure if I should take you seriously or not. Uh, and number two, who are your top three all-time video game characters, <laughs> and do you only like them for their dongs? <laughs> I think probably. Sincerely, an outraged listener. Uh, I want to let, let you feel this one, Chris. <laughs> who are your top three <laughs> video game characters, and do you only like them for their mm, dongs? Top three video game characters. I like Tank Jr. from Quake. Okay. And since he's, he's kind of a dong. robot, I don't I don't know that he has a dong. He's got a robo dong. I mean, he's got like a little bolt down there, right? Uh, you know, I don't know. Like a... I I've never seen pictures. He hasn't sent them to uh, Simple as That podcast. <laughs> so uh, if you're if you're out there, uh, 
please, please send all of your. Who, who was it? <laughs> no, please, no, no! I don't want this coming in the email. <laughs> send all your Rule Thirty Six or whatever it is. Thirty Four. Yeah, whatever. Send all your. Not rule. that I, you know. Whatever. <laughs> you know, what, whatever. What are, what are you saying? I don't want this. No. I don't want this. And by the way, it's Rule Thirty Four. No, no, I mean, no, you know, no, that's, no, that's, no, that's no, just no, what no, I heard. Seriously, if you want to send pictures of little robot, uh, you know, bolts. Uh, as that podcast gmail.com. All right, Griffin, Griffin, give me, give me, give me your number one. We'll, we'll do our top. Three. Oh, oh God! Uh, I'm woefully unprepared. Who's your favorite for video this. game character? You can do uh, it. I don't, I don't know. This is a really tough decision for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Should I come back to you? Yeah, come back to me. All right. Let's see. Uh, if I were to pick a favorite video game character of all time. Off of the top of my head, right now, I would have to say that my favorite video game character of all time, I'm going to give myself a drum roll, mainly just because I haven't thought of it yet. <laughs> oh, I got one. I'm ready. All right, we're going back to Griffin. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, Tassadar. Tassadar? Tassadar yeah. was a dope guy until StarCraft Two happened, mm-hmm. and the spoilers, he turned into a bitch, and I hate him now. Yeah, but what, what about his dong, man? Yeah, oh, he's got that nice proto-dong. Yeah, it feeds off of sunlight, just like I wish mine would. Alright, that's a good point. I've decided that my favorite video game character of all time is Cranky Kang uh, from the Donkey Kong universe. Cranky Kang! And and you know Cranky Kang was packing because he spawned an entire DK crew. <laughs> Dude, do you see the size of DK? So, yeah, I'd say my favorite video game character of all time is Cranky Kang, and you know that boy be packing. On All right. The, on the dong side. Expand the dong. Oh, yeah. So the expanded dong Kong universe. Cranky Kang. Well, we're ending this one on a high note. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Send your emails as simple as that podcast at gmail.com. Send them Don't. to us. Uh, tweet at us. Tweet at us at... Yeah. At simple as that pod. At simple as that pod. That's how you do a tweet. At simple as that pod. Oh, yeah. right. Dude, oh, also, uh, listeners, if you have a cool way for us to sign off the show, email us that because we're not creative enough to actually think of one. Uh, Chris, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you do our sign off this week. Chris, go! You know, actually, I have no idea what you normally do for sign off because your podcasts are too long for me to make it that far normally. <laughs> Alright, so if you're still listening to this podcast, kudos to you. We're out. Peace! <laughs>
Hey there, pod listeners. Once again, our music this week comes from Tom Miller. You can find him on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Audio. Keep telling your friends!